0: Please take your Bibles if you would, turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, we're continuing our thought this week, really just been teaching through Romans, really trying to explain the gospel in the simplest terms that we can. But Paul's purpose here in chapters 1 through 3 has been to show us that we are sinners. And I I honestly believe that the number one problem with People getting saved today is not so much with them understanding that Jesus died for them and was buried and then rose again. They don't have a problem so much with that. The sinner's number one problem is that most are unwilling to agree with God against themselves, that man is basically bad, or in other words, that I, you, we are all sinners, that our sin nature must be judged. We do not want to see ourselves as guilty before God. So we've spent much time trying to hammer this truth into our heads. And really, it doesn't matter what we think. All that matters is what the Word of God says. Read with me, if you would, just for the sake of kind of catching us and bringing us back up to speed on where we, we are at. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 9. Paul says, What then? Are we better than they? No in no wise. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, that with their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now here is God's view of us, not our view of ourselves, because we look at ourselves and say, wow, he's good or he's bad, based on external things. But God's looking at what's in our hearts. And this is God's whole purpose. Now we know that what things, soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the first thing we said is that we've got to understand our guilt before God if we can ever truly understand why salvation is necessary, why it was needful that Christ ever come down to this world and die the death that He did for us, and that is because of our sin. But we need to be able to move on here. And so not only do we need to understand our sin and understand our guilt before God, maybe this is somewhat similar but we've got to understand our judgment. That is something nobody wants to look at, nobody wants to think about in, in today's society. We hear it all the time that God is love. But where is the God, the holy God, the God of justice, the God of judgment, the God that will render to every man according to his deeds, as Romans chapter 2 told us? Here's the truth of the matter. Salvation is not by works. We've already said this. We'll continue to say it throughout the this study. But I want you to understand that when you are outside of Christ, when you have not been saved, then you must stand before God for the works that you have done. And God will judge you according to your works. But it won't be according to good works versus bad works. It will be every crime that you've committed must be paid. It's just like our, our, our law system today. If, if it is what it's supposed to be, then when you stand before a judge, you are not being judged for all the good you've done, whether it outweighs the bad you've done. They're only judging you for the crime, and the same will be, it'll be the same with God. He will render to every man according to his deeds. Well, here's God's estimation of all of us there is an unrighteous. No, not one. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. And he gives us this law. He gives us the truth of the scripture so that we can be convinced of our own sin. So that we see that all... Well, now we know that whatsoever things the law saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Now those people that were under the law specifically, especially in this context, that was the Jews. They were under the law. They had the truth of God's word. And they were trying in their best to live up to that law. But the problem is they all came short. They all fell short of the righteousness of God and therefore would never be able to get into God's heaven. But they thought they were better than everybody else. And see, that's the sinner's number one problem. We're always looking at other people instead of looking and comparing ourselves to Christ and the word of God. You cannot judge how good you are based on another man in this world. You can't look at a murderer and say, "Well, I've never killed, so I'm better than him." You can't look at at a, a, one that's a, a, a liar and say, "Well, you know, I've never lied." And if you said that, you probably just did. But you can't estimate how good of a sinner you are because there is no—you're measuring to the wrong standard. We're talking if we were to get to God's heaven. We'd have to be perfectly holy. But the problem is we're already sinners. We are all condemned. We're all under the same judgment. And here's what we've already been through. In Romans chapter 1, we find that that wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men. We find in verse number 32, this group of people, or maybe we could say the heathen in this passage, they know enough about the judgment of God, they know the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, but they continue to do the same things, and they have pleasure in it. Well, I'm very interested in what this death means, and what this judgment of God is, and what this wrath of God is. We find in chapter 2 that the judgment of God, he goes speaking of the judgment of God, he says, we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth, against them which commit such things, speaking of sin. But then he tells us, basically, And thinkest thou this, old man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. He goes on to say that when we are unrepentant and still in our sin, and I'm paraphrasing, Until we learn to submit to God, we are treasuring up unto ourselves wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Dear sinner, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be cruel. I'm just giving you what the word of God says, that each and every one of us must stand before God in our sin if there's not a time and a place where we understand and and accept Christ, and if we have to stand before God in our sin, there is no way possible that we could stand and be justified in His sight. We are sinners by nature. We sin because we're sinners. This is maybe a a very foolish illustration, maybe, but maybe it'll help get the point across. It would be as if a man was having to judge, say, uh, determine whether somebody was a dog or not. A dog is not a dog because it does dog things. It's not a dog because it eats dog food. It's not a dog because it barks it's 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 in its nature and so to, to for a person to judge that dog and say it's anything other than a dog it, it would be ridiculous and and i know this maybe is a, a very very basic and foolish illustration maybe but here somehow some way we as sinners think that we're going to come before god stand before him on judgment day and god's going to look at us and say we're anything other than a sinner that's foolish Sin does not get by God's sight. We cannot escape that judgment of God. There has to be a way outside of us that can declare us to be absolutely perfect and absolutely holy and absolutely just. And there is no way that we can bring ourselves to that standard. We might have a higher moral standard than another person Uh, Maybe in this world we might have a higher moral standard than even our neighbor. We might feel like we have more truth than another person. But if I have not come through the door of Jesus Christ, I still will have to stand before God in my sins. Now here's what you need to understand about your sin. And we've maybe not said this much about it yet. We've read one verse. In, in, in chapter one, verse thirty-two, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things, speaking of these sins they've committed, are worthy of death. Then we could go to Romans chapter six and verse twenty-three, and yes, we're jumping a little bit ahead, but the, the Bible says, "For the wages of sin is death." What is that death? Are we speaking of physical death? No. I believe the first place in the Word of God that we can find that really helps us understand how serious this death is is going to be in Genesis where Adam and Eve sin. Jesus, or, or God had said that in the day that they would eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil that He had said for them to not eat. He said, in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. But if you're familiar with that story when they ate that fruit that day they did not physically die. But something did. What was that? And that was the spiritual nature on the inside of them was dead. I believe it's maybe in Ephesians, if I'm thinking right, talks about us who, before salvation, were dead in trespasses and sins. It separates us from God, and we saw Adam and Eve in that moment of time when God came back, that God removed them from the Garden of Eden and they lost that fellowship that they had once had with God, do you realize that on the inside of you there is a a piece of you that is meant, it has been designed to communicate with God, but it is dead. And without a, a... a birth of God without the regeneration of the Holy Spirit of God in your heart, you cannot have that fellowship with God. You are eternally separated from God. And that is a very serious aspect of this death. Now this death, it means it it, it translates to a lot more than that you see the john even john 3 tells us that we as sinners are under condemnation christ didn't come to this world to condemn us i'm not preaching to condemn you That's already been done. I'm preaching to warn you. I'm trying to preach to show you the truth. To show you the way to God is only through Jesus Christ, not through any other means. Then, until we are willing to submit to the Spirit of God, until we are willing to agree with God against ourselves and and, and are willing to admit that we are sinners and that we deserve the judgment of God and that we deserve hell and that God is absolutely just, and absolutely righteous, and absolutely holy to put us in such a place of punishment. Until we can come to that place, then you can't really understand salvation. What are you getting saved from? I'm not trying to scare you this morning. What you do, the decisions you make on whether or not you're going to believe in Jesus Christ or not, is between you and God, but the truth is the truth whether you choose to believe it or not. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I am trying as best as I can, in a very feeble effort really, to show you that until, that I'm trying to help open your eyes to the fact that you're a sinner. And that Jesus is the only hope that you have for salvation. This death, we're going to see if the Lord will help us. It separates us from God and something has to happen to reconcile us who are the enemies of God to be able to restore us back in fellowship with God. Please tune in again tomorrow and we'll continue this thought. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a blessed day. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621, Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email back to Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.